Ann Ozug, and you are listening to The Road to Carnivore, Episode 2. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my personal story of how I came to carnivore and why I eat this way. I think when most people consider the idea of going carnivore, it can seem completely unimaginable to picture that for your own life. When you hear about someone choosing to eat only animal foods, the obvious thought is, why would someone do that? (laughs) Carnivore is actually more common than people think, but it's undoubtedly a very unusual way of eating. I never, ever thought I'd be doing this. Usually when people find out I'm a carnivore, they say, oh, I could never eat just meat. And this always makes me laugh because I would have said the exact same thing. This way of eating goes against dietary norms where meat is only supposed to be a small part of your plate, if a part of your plate at all. And it certainly goes against the majorly misguided dietary recommendations of the U.S. government. But here I am. And as they say, hindsight is 20-20. And it's pretty easy to connect the dots now with how I got here. Before we dive in, a quick warning that I'm going to share a few TMI body details in this episode that might be a little too much for some people. I apologize in advance if you know me in real life and (laughs) will not be able to unknow some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, but there's a lot of taboo around digestive troubles, and understandably so, but this is the time and place to share the details so you can understand why and how someone could end up eating this way. But if you're easily grossed out by bodily functions, maybe skip to the next episode. Growing up, I ate a lot of processed foods. The first half of my childhood, my mom made a lot of meals from scratch, but after my parents got divorced in middle school, I was living with my dad who worked full-time. So I ate a lot of frozen meals and stuff in packages. I was drinking Capri Sun and soda. I was eating Lunchables at school, packaged cookies, lots of Hot Pockets and microwave meals. There was just a ton of sugar and carbs and processed food. And not surprisingly, I always struggled a little bit with my weight. I did my fair share of hokey nonsense like taking diet pills and rubbing some $80 goo on my belly that was supposed to burn fat and lots of different diets. And I did leave high school at a relatively normal weight because I restricted myself to 1,200 calories a day and ran a lot. I did cross country and track and other sports. But interestingly enough, I went to the gynecologist toward the end of high school and was diagnosed with PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And after a few more doctor visits, I was also diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which is very tied in with PCOS. And I didn't know this at the time, but PCOS is now considered by many doctors to be metabolic dysfunction and insulin resistance for women. We'll talk more about metabolic health in episode seven, but 88% of Americans are not metabolically healthy. That's almost everyone. And PCOS, which as I just said, is thought to be metabolic dysfunction, is really common and underdiagnosed. And evidently, by the end of my childhood, I was already metabolically dysfunctional to some degree. So after high school, I went to college and I was really sick my freshman year. I was throwing up almost every night and I had really severe acid reflux. And even after various acid blockers and other GI medications and getting an endoscopy and seeing a bunch of doctors and specialists, no one really understood why it was happening or how to get it under control. Where we ended up with it is my doctor wrote me a letter to exempt me from the school meal plan so I could buy my own groceries and cook my own food from scratch. This made a huge difference for me, which isn't shocking because the food at our college was disgusting. I don't even want to call it food. And because making my own food helped me so much, I became a huge proponent of cooking food from scratch because I had experienced how much healthier home-cooked food is than mass-produced processed foods. 
This changed my health and my life so dramatically that after college, I created a food blog where I shared step-by-step recipes for how to cook various meals from scratch. I was really passionate about inspiring other people to cook more at home for better health. So I cooked everything from scratch all throughout my 20s, and I ate every type of food. I made pastas, meats, salads, vegetables. I made my own desserts from scratch, everything. And I sort of thought it was healthy. I was certainly much healthier than before, but I still had a lot of chronic issues like acid reflux and inflammation and joint pain, back pain, irregular and painful periods, and I continued to struggle with my weight too. Then three years ago, I was at a dinner with some friends, and my friend started talking about this program she did called the Whole30, which is a very popular elimination diet where you cut out sugar, grains, dairy, legumes, and alcohol for 30 days, and then bring them back in to test your response to these various food groups. It's essentially a type of paleo diet where you mostly eat meat, vegetables, fruits, and nuts. I was drawn to it because she said you lose weight, and I was the queen of diets and felt like I had to try this too because maybe this one would be the answer. But it actually isn't meant to be about weight loss. It's more about finding out how you react to these food groups. By the end of the 30 days, when it came time to reintroduce and test the foods, I really didn't want to at that point. I was so over it and missed my pizza and cookies. But I thought, you know what? I already did the hard work of cutting these things out for 30 days. I may as well see. And wow, Whole30 was the biggest life-changing moment and pivot that started me down this journey of questioning food. Because I had concluded after years of doctor visits and medication and surgical procedures like endoscopy and so on, that the chronic health issues I suffered from were unfixable and were just bad luck from the genes I inherited. They were the cards I was dealt that I could not really do anything about. And Whole30 taught me that this was completely untrue. The acid reflux I had suffered from my whole life was gone in 30 days. The horrible nerve pain that ran down my back into my left leg, gone. All my sinus congestion and constant need to blow my nose, gone. Cystic acne, gone. And so many more things. And people share similar stories, by the way. Allergies go away, high blood pressure comes down, snoring stops, joint pain goes away, and on and on. So this Whole30 experience for me was an eye-opener because there's this common belief that food doesn't impact your health that much. But when these lifelong ailments disappear after 30 days of changing your food, you realize food is everything. The food we eat hugely impacts every aspect of the body. Like the most random and unexpected change I had was in my gum health. I've always suffered from gum problems, major gum bleeding and gum recession, and I've had many scalings to try to stop further gum recession because I have significant bone loss, particularly for my age. And what was so distressing and frustrating is that I've always been really thorough with my dental hygiene like brushing twice a day, flossing at least once a day and sometimes more, using a water pick every night, mouthwash, and I could never get it under control. And this fits the narrative that it's a disease, right? Gum disease is something you can't do a lot about if you have it. I was doing all the right things to try to get a handle on it, but it was a disease I would probably never get under control. Except I totally did when I became a carnivore. I happened to go to the dentist after a few months of carnivore, and the hygienist was beside herself because she measured my gum pockets, and the screen was full of green arrows. My gum pockets had improved so much, and I didn't have bleeding anymore. And she was so excited. She told me that she could literally see that my old disease gum tissue was rolling out, and she scraped it away. And this is just one example that I couldn't help but share now because it's so crazy to me that all of the dental hygiene and medicated mouthwashes didn't do anything. What I needed to do was change my food. And there have been a few times when I've gone out to eat and deviated from strict carnivore and no joke, 
my gums hurt the next day a lot, like throbbing and pain. And this is actually really helpful because it's this feedback from my body that has helped me decide how I want to eat. Okay, I'm getting off track from my story. So the Whole30 is what started me down this path of further experimentation with food. After Whole30, I cycled through various versions of paleo and keto. I got into the works of people like Mark Sisson, Gary Tobbs, who writes a lot on sugar, Dr. Peter Atia, who has spoken on keto quite a bit, and so on. And as I reduced sugar and grains and unhealthy inflammatory fats like vegetable oil, my health definitely improved. But I still had issues with paleo and keto. I didn't feel good enough on paleo that it felt like the right thing for me long term. And then I transitioned into keto a couple times, and both were so rough for me. I actually lost my period both times, which is a bad sign. So then I went back and tried to do Whole30 eating again, but this time trying to eat more vegetables. I kind of prided myself in eating lots of vegetables and salads because I believed they were the most healthy foods. But I still had a moderate amount of acid reflux and constipation and various issues, and Whole30 didn't seem to have the same magic that it did for me before. Then in late 2018, I became pregnant with my second child and gave birth via C-section the following summer. I had really bad hemorrhoids and constipation all throughout the pregnancy, which is very common, but it felt like I had a knife in me all the time, and it was really painful. Several months after birth, my problems still continued to carry on. Like six months after delivering my child, the bleeding was still so bad that it, no joke, looked like I was getting my period. And I was kind of freaking out because my only remaining option was surgery. And it was totally against medical recommendations that I went that long without getting surgery. But I really didn't want to because I was breastfeeding and that surgery is usually done with anesthesia and would require me to stop breastfeeding. So I kept trying all sorts of over-the-counter things to heal it. I played with diet, I tried various creams and suppositories, but I just couldn't get it under control. I also had really bad gas, like to the point where I felt bad for my family. It was just gross and kind of distressing. As I kept trying to come up with ways to heal my body, I cycled through different versions of Whole30, trying the autoimmune protocol variation and looking into the FODMAP diet, but nothing was working. Then I was on YouTube one day and a video popped up from an MD named Paul Saladino. He's known as the carnivore MD. I clicked on that video and down the rabbit hole I went. After watching a bunch of his videos, I bought his book, The Carnivore Code. He lays out the argument for carnivore and also suggests various tiers of the carnivore diet in terms of intensity. And the lowest tier is one he calls carnivore-ish, where you focus on eating mostly meat, but you can eat small amounts of low-toxicity, well-tolerated plants. So I did that for two weeks, and first of all, I lost seven pounds in two weeks, which is insane for me. My body let go of so much inflammation and weight instantly. But more importantly, my bleeding was gone within three days and my digestive system was able to function pain-free. My acid reflux was also gone again, and I had no gas, like truly none, and I just felt absolutely amazing. Quite possibly the most insane thing about this two-week experiment is that the only thing I did differently was stop eating vegetables. I already wasn't eating sugar or bread or inflammatory seed oils or any of the other things that are pretty commonly known to be unhealthy. This change came specifically from eliminating salads and broccoli and other vegetables. And that's when I came to believe this idea that maybe some vegetables and nuts and plants are actually not good for me. Whole30 had helped me a lot, but I needed to go further and eliminate the high-toxicity plants. 
So after this shocking two-week period, I went to a birthday party and I did not eat carnivore-ish at this party. (laughs) I ate a bunch of junk and the bleeding came right back. The gas came back and it was awful. The horrible acid reflux returned. I had instant weight gain and bloating and a slew of other problems. And this kind of confirmed for me everything I'd already learned, but in the reverse direction. Take away those foods, bleeding stops. Eat those foods again, problems come right back. So that's when I was like, I want to double down on this. I'm going to do carnivore for three months. And wow, wow, wow. The results were mind-boggling. As I said before, I had gotten improvements in health the previous three years by first going from a standard American diet to Whole30 and then experimenting further. But carnivore was a whole new level for me. I've always had struggles with acne and my skin was so incredibly clear. People noticed. And by the way, a lot of people resolve lifelong acne and skin issues with carnivore. As I settled into this carnivore period, all my gut function was flawless and problem-free. I figured out that all the gas I was having was from all the plants and stuffing myself with salads and raw vegetables. When I eat a carnivore diet, this is so weird, but I don't have gas, like none, which doesn't even seem possible. But my family can attest to this. It's so crazy because you hear things like, oh, we need fiber, eat more fiber. No. Fiber is a disaster, and we will talk about this in a future episode. I've also lost a lot of weight. I honestly didn't do carnivore for weight loss, but this is the leanest I've ever been in my adult life and also the strongest I've ever been. I deadlift and weight train, and this is the best athletic performance I've ever had, hands down. I also love how simple it is to carry out this diet. In my first career, I was a food blogger and recipe developer, and I loved cooking and did a lot of elaborate things, but honestly, I love how meals take 10 minutes to make. There's no peeling or chopping. Every day for lunch, I literally just take a steak out of the fridge, sprinkle it with salt, and sear it in a skillet. Or I grill up six pounds of burger patties all at once and reheat burgers as needed throughout the week. Shopping is faster, cooking is faster. I just love how much simpler it all is. Another thing I love is that I never feel bloated. There's this idea that I used to believe too that meat is hard to digest. It is actually the easiest thing to digest in my experience. I can eat a 20-ounce steak in one sitting and not feel bloated or like it's sitting in my stomach. It's the plants that are hard to digest. If you've ever eaten corn, for example, those kernels come out the other end. (laughs) The times that I've had bread or other carby things since making carnivore my baseline, wow, I feel so uncomfortably stuffed and bloated. It's quite a dramatic difference once you get used to carnivore. Carnivore has also been huge for my PCOS and hypothyroidism and hormones. I take my temperature every morning and my baseline temperature has risen a full degree since starting carnivore. My temperature was always really low. Like I'm talking 96.3 sometimes. I always had cold hands and feet no matter how hot it was. And my temperature is now in the mid to high 97s. My periods are also more regular. They're not as painful in terms of cramps and bleeding level. And a lot of women who become carnivores have major improvements with cycles. My sleep is also the best ever in my life, and on this way of eating, I seem to need less sleep. I used to need a minimum of nine hours. I was always on the longer side in terms of sleep need, and I always had a really hard time getting up in the morning. Now I sleep more like seven and a half to eight hours, and I tend to wake up earlier without even trying. What's interesting is there have been times when I've gone out to eat and went off carnivore and ate a bunch of carbs, and I always sleep like 11 hours after. My body has to do serious recovery. And this phenomenon is very common for people who do keto or carnivore and have a big carb binge. You totally crash into a deep slumber. 
I also struggled with depression and anxiety for a lot of my life, and those have also eased big time. I'm going to do a whole episode devoted to this in the future, but not eating enough meat is majorly linked with mental disorders like depression and anxiety. My energy is really good and even. I oftentimes don't eat breakfast in the morning because I'm just not hungry. I'm really well fat adapted and I don't have to plan my life around mealtimes. Another random thing is I used to get tonsil stones. They're these gross clumps that form in the crevices of your tonsils. I remember going to the doctor and being like, what is this? How do I fix this? And he said they're chronic and can last my lifetime. There's nothing I could do about them. They don't really understand why they happen. And he told me to consider getting my tonsils removed. And it turns out the problem was once again, the food I was eating. I don't have tonsil stones on carnivore. My body just feels really good. And when I eat sugar or carby things, my body gets really achy. I can see and feel the inflammation and it's an immediate response. There was one time when I went to a party and I thought it was just gonna be a few hours and we ended up staying all day from 10 in the morning until seven at night and I didn't bring enough carnivore food for myself. So I ended up eating a bunch of bread and pastries and chips at this party. And when I woke up the next morning, my face was so inflamed that it was literally deformed. It didn't even look like me. It was the trippiest thing. And it took several days for it to return to normal. And I'm actually really grateful this happened so clearly because it's this communication from your body that really helps you figure out how to find the best health for you individually. I'm gonna do a future episode on why falling off the wagon sometimes is actually an important part of the process because you are reminded of what happens when you eat certain foods and your body will tell you if it's something it wants or not. And that sounds like intuitive eating, but I wanna be clear, it's not that. I actually don't believe in intuitive eating because of how hyperpalatable and addictive a lot of the foods we eat are. There's no way we don't go crazy for pizza and cake. It's wired into our DNA. What I'm talking about is more along the lines of elimination, where you give your body a new baseline of health by eliminating certain foods, and then you strategically test those things to see, does your body react or not? So that's about it for my story. Where I'm at now is that I eat almost exclusively carnivore all the time. I focus on beef. I believe it to be the best meat for a variety of reasons. I'll talk more about the nuances between beef, chicken, pork, and so on in a future episode. But beef is the healthiest meat there is, in my opinion. And I noticed that I don't get quite the same satiety or satisfied fullness from chicken and pork, even though I do eat them too. Occasionally, if I go out to a restaurant, I try to stick to carnivore as closely as possible, but sometimes I deviate a little bit and I'm still fine tuning what is okay and not okay for my body. Carnivore has certainly changed my life a ton, but it has been so incredible for my health that I couldn't stop it from changing me. I really believe in meat as an incredibly important and sacred food for humans and our health. It was a difficult process to work through my food addictions and using food as entertainment and stress relief, but I'm so grateful to have gotten to this place. The health I have truly is so much better, and I almost can't believe I'm saying that because I really love food and cooking so much. But putting all of my health issues into remission and feeling the way I do now is what I always wanted the most, but didn't know I could have until I became a carnivore. Thanks for listening to The Road to Carnivore. If you found this podcast to be thought-provoking or valuable, please share it with someone who might be interested to hear this information. Maybe someone who hasn't been able to figure out their health problems or might want to hear a different side of the story when it comes to food. I'll see you next time.